As a young kid, I was extremely scared of storms. If I heard thunder moving in or saw lightning, I would get very anxious and, and many times thought I was going to die. My family thought I was crazy, and in a sense I was, but in other ways I had a healthy understanding of the force of the storm. Regardless, nothing changed the way I felt. If a tornado watch, and I mean watch, not warning, if a tornado watch was issued by the local news or radio, you could find me in the basement with my radio tuned into 96.1 with a flashlight and survival gear. <clears throat> I would beg my family to come with me, and they would not come. I would be down in the basement praying, pleading for the storm to miss our house so I could reunite with my family. I would often feel so torn about what was, what was worse, staying in the basement and surviving the storm and, and, and becoming an orphan, or to go upstairs and die with them. This past Friday, we had a pretty severe thunderstorm. I went outside around 2 a.m. to watch it, to soak it in, to soak up God's power in the storm. The lightning, the thunder, the wind, the rain, it was incredible. I felt very small. I was completely helpless to change the direction of the storm. And those anxious feelings from my childhood surfaced again. I was, on the, I was on the porch. And as the wind picked up and the lightning got closer and closer, I quickly sought shelter inside my house. And even while inside, I felt my frailty when thunder shook our house. I needed the one who controlled a tempest by simply speaking. So that gets us to our text. Mark 4.39 says... And he, Jesus, awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. If you're like me, this is one of those verses that you've read or heard several times, and it can be easy to gloss over, so I want to read it again. And he, Jesus, awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Wow. I mean, how powerful is that? How does Jesus do that? In three words, he's commanded a deadly storm to stop, and it did. It says there was a great calm. It's almost as if there's like reflection on the water. Um, he's, he's calmed the, the sea in three words. This story can also, is also recorded in Matthew 8 and Luke 8, and each account is very similar. Jesus had been teaching a, a large crowd by the Sea of Galilee, using parables that related to nature all day. And after teaching the crowd, Jesus and his disciples get in a boat and set out across the Sea of Galilee. While on the boat, the great storm arises. Mark and Luke's version tell us that a great windstorm and Matthew's version says a great storm. At any rate, the storm is so bad that the waves are breaking in the boat, filling it up with water. And in every count, the Bible says the disciples are fearing for their life, crying out, we are perishing. We are perishing. 
I've never been in this serious of a storm on, on a body of water in a boat. But five years ago, almost to the day, a fateful storm occurred on a lake only an hour and a half from here on Taper Rock Lake in Branson, and 17 people drowned when waves poured into a duck boat during a storm, causing it to sink. I can imagine these people felt just as much terror as the disciples. This brings me to my main point. Only Christ can rescue us from the coming storm. Only Christ can rescue us from the coming storm. We have just wa- we've just witnessed something so ma- majestic about Jesus in this passage. His voice, his spoken word alone is more powerful than the wind, the waves, and the storm. And not just by a little, not just barely. There was no struggle at all. He didn't fight like a, like a, a superhero or something against the evil. It was, there was no struggle. He just commanded. He speaks the storm, it obeys instantly. The Bible testifies that all of creation obeys him. Colossians, 6, Colossians 1, 16 through 17 tells us, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He created it all. He holds it all together. And Psalm 95.5 says, The sea is his, for he made it. Jesus' power over the storm is incredible. It's as if there's a wild beast on the loose, and Jesus tames it in a second. Or for dog owners, if you've told your dog to sit, and the dog sits. He owns, he owns all of creation, and when he speaks, it obeys. After the command to be still, he reverses the inertia of the waves and tells the wind from where it comes from, from to stop, and he holds it back. This power is like nothing we have ever seen. And like Ryan said this morning, God is strong, stronger than you can ever even imagine. An Elon Musk Falcon 9 rocket is like a little candle on a birthday cake compared to Christ's power. No human being can control the weather. Meteorologists can't even guess what's going to happen. And here Jesus exercises ultimate authority over the weather. His word is far greater than President Biden's or Caesar's or any earthly ruler. Verse 38 tells us that Jesus is sleeping when the storm hits. He is fully God, but has submitted himself to the confines of an earthly body. And it requires sleep. He had been ministering for days on end. He had been teaching. He was really tired, very tired, to the point of where he could sleep through a storm. In desperation, the, the disciples wake him. They wake him up, and they beg him to save their lives. These are experienced fishermen and sailors, not Branson tourists, and they know the serious storm when they see it. They know what it looks like. They know what's going on, and they know they're about to perish. Apart from Jesus, in this situation, they are dead, all of them. Apart from Jesus, they will die. What about us? How would you respond in that situation? How should you respond in seeing and hearing Jesus calm the storm by his very word? Why did he allow the storm? 
And what did he reveal by bringing the storm upon the disciples? Is, Je- is Jesus behind the storm in the first place? Well, I think so. I think he told the wind to come and the waves to begin to pour into the boat. For he knows all things. And he knew that when they set out for their trip, <clears throat> this was going to take place. He isn't surprised by the storm or any storm. It's a test to see what his disciples will believe about him. He wants them to trust in him in the storm. The trial of the storm is is actually a loving thing that Jesus allows the disciples to experience because it's an opportunity for them to place their faith in him. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, then any storm in your life, even a thunderstorm, is an opportunity for you to ponder God's coming judgment and to turn to him and repent. For we, like the disciples, deserve to perish. We have trusted in our own goodness, our abilities, rather than God alone. And if you think about the disciples in the boat, you know they were doing everything in their power to get the water out, bringing down the mast, grabbing oars, but it was useless. They were going to perish. So too are our feeble attempts to justify ourselves before a holy God. And Hebrews 9.27 says, it's appointed for man to die once, and then comes judgment. Are you ready for the coming storm of judgment? The judgment of our sin before a holy God. This is a nightmare of a storm that never ends, where you are in utter agony, completely cut off from any rescue boat. The only rescue from this coming storm is turning from your your own efforts of salvation and placing yourself in the refuge of Christ. For he alone lived a perfect life for you and I that we could never live. The punishment, he took the punishment that you and I could never endure. And he proved his power by coming back to life. And if you haven't trusted in him, I want to invite you to cry out to Jesus like the disciples did. Lord, I will perish without you. Save me. The fate of your soul is a very desperate situation. And if you're in Christ, something incredible happens when you trust in Jesus. And even like we read this morning, Psalm 29, 11, and 12 says we get strength and we get peace to go through the storm. And just because we've taken refuge in our Savior, Christ, doesn't mean that storms weren't, we're not going to face storms or they're not going to come. <clears throat> just like he answered the disciples' cries from the storm, he is eager to respond to our request for help, and he promises to give peace. His power should bring you peace. When you feel weak, cry out. And it can be as simple as the disciples. Lord, I'm drowning. Help me. He will hear. He will answer. And his peace will sustain you. Let's pray.